Some of you might have the political situation on your minds tonight. <laughs> and as a way of, of somehow balancing out, whoa, balancing out the uh, high level of reactivity and fear and curiosity and all the things that, all the many ways that people are being moved by the sea of circumstances that seem to be not exactly in our control. Uh, as a counterbalance to that, I thought tonight that we would, um, during the sitting, that I would point in some way to the something that lives in you that is really quite stable. And I talked about it tonight, of course, metaphorically as the sky-like nature of your mind. That some would say is the, the true ground, the immovable ground of being, some would say. Now that's one way of talking about it. But it's this capacity in us, this uncaused, ever-available quality of aware presence seems to function, seems to be able to know regardless of what, it, what the circumstances are. So it doesn't depend on which political party is in power. I'm not saying it doesn't matter which political party is in power. I'm saying that awareness just knows who's in political power. <laughs> awareness knows, but it is not moved. And it seems as though when we are, when we can have a high level of frequency being in touch with that uncaused, unconditioned, aware presence. There is a possibility, and you can verify this for yourself, you will perhaps notice that regardless of the circumstances, you can still be stable, at peace, at home, at rest, still deeply caring, in fact, maybe more deeply caring about yourself, others, the world, but stable, able to accommodate, able to relate to, uh, whatever the circumstances are. Last week, I was reflecting on what did I talk about last week? <laughs> and then I, real, I remembered that I talked about the, in some way, at least the, my memory of it, the choice that we, we have. And I, I think I referred to our world in general, our culture, as a kind of insane asylum. And that 
people who were running for office were running for the, to see who was going to be ahead of the insane asylum. So no wonder they're insane. <laughs> but in the insane asylum, the choice that's made innocently every day is I am going to choose as my way of finding stability, happiness, peace, and freedom is in choosing exactly the thing that will lead to its opposite. I will, I will go in search of something that will slip through my fingers like quicksand and hope that it gives me lasting happiness. I will go to my body for refuge, which is always changing. I will go to my health for refuge, always changing. I will go to my youth for refuge, always aging. I will go to my purchases for refuge. I will go to my phone for refuge. <laughs> You know, I, I've actually felt that, that urge to go to my phone for refuge, and it's, it's actually really bizarre. <laughs> Where I can be, I can have a case of mistaken perception that my phone will give me relief. <laughs> it's very strange. Anyway, I, I described the choice that one can make to either go to the fleeting changing experience or the very state of perpetual wanting for refuge or I can go to for refuge I can go I can aim for a well-being a sense of happiness and peace that doesn't depend on circumstances one is conditioned depends on conditions, depends on satisfying some kind of hunger, some kind of thirst, some kind of desire. It depends on circumstances. It's a kind of happiness. I'm either I'm happy if I have it, I'm unhappy if I don't. That the Buddha described as the happiness of, of bondage. Or you could choose, it's really our choice in a way, choose what he called Lokutara Sukha, the unconditional happiness. A happiness that is beyond the power and influence of circumstances, unstuck from the world. Doesn't mean you're not engaged in it, but you're unstuck from dependency on how things turn out. Beyond the power and influence of whatever's going on. It's called, all otherwise known as the happiness of freedom. And some would say that the very nature of your mind is that freedom. But we're so busy looking elsewhere. And so tonight I figured why not just sense what, the, what that, as Sogyal Rinpoche and many others have called, the sky-like nature of your mind, this deathless, this deathless, unconditioned awareness 
aware presence. And the way he puts it, the purpose of meditation is to awaken in us the sky-like nature of the mind and to reintroduce us to that which we really are, our unchanging pure awareness which underlies the whole of life and death. In the stillness and silence of our meditation, we glimpse and return to that deep inner nature that we have so long ago lost sight of amid the busyness and distraction of our mind. So I was talking to someone today, this afternoon, and we were just pointing to this, um, again I'll call it this ever-present wakefulness and clarity. And that, that partly the reason we miss it and its natural stability and its, its openness, its freedom, its, uh, its did I say stability already? Is <laughs> because we're busy thinking that it's not here. We're busy thinking that we are somebody who's somehow, somehow insufficient that we have to prove ourselves, that somehow, and some don't even think you are worthy of being that happy and free as your natural state. And the, the wisdom teachings and the, the te teachings of the Buddha in general say, no. As Thich Nhat Hanh puts it, you who are the richest person on earth, full of the riches and the heartfulness of this aware presence. You who are the richest person on earth who's going around begging for a living. Stop being the destitute child. Come home, reclaim your heritage. I was thinking when I thought about that passage, and I love that poem, you who are the richest person on earth. I was thinking of the, the founder of Tibetan Buddhism, Padmasambhava, who, who seemed to embody all of the, the qualities that express themselves, that we have, each person has within it, not just Padmasambhava, but anyone. That's what the, when the Buddha woke up, he said, oh, there are many, many, many people. I didn't think anybody could get it, but there are those with just a little dust on their eyes. And if they could brush the dust of memory, they could awaken to the same uncondition that I did. And so that's what made him spend the next 45 years, day in and day out, giving himself over to, to teaching. But Padmasambhava, just this passage from him, just encapsulate the, encapsulates the beauty that you are. He says, my mind is as wide and as vast as the sky, but my care for the effect of my actions is as refined as barley flour. So much was he, did he care about, about the impact of his thoughts, his words, his actions. But at the same time, he knew that his, his he rested in that sky-like nature, as vast as the sky. But out of that openness, that, that cognizance that sees so clearly the immediate reality that we all 
are sharing in spite of all the craziness, in spite of being in an insane asylum. Remember I used that metaphor one night a few months ago when everybody was really spinning out about the, the, uh, this new, this one candidate that people are really surprised <laughs> made it this far. They were just in, in a great state of horror and somebody had used the, the analogy of what happens when you, when you hit your thumb with a hammer. All of your attention goes to that pain and you forget that 99% of your body is in fantastic condition. 99% or a tremendous percent of this world is filled with people like you. Glorious, beautiful, Buddha nature, not so, with just a little dust on your eyes. We have, this, we have the numbers. We have the numbers. So don't, we don't have to, to have our well-being dependent on how things turn out. We'll just keep shining, keep shining. Have our mind as vast as the sky and our care for the effect of our actions as refined as barley flour. Even if, even if many millions don't care about the effects of their actions because they don't have the eyes, they don't, their eyes are so occluded with greed, hatred, and ignorance. But everyone, and even that person, just is bound in confusion. So we got to reflect, reflect to them their, their nature too, their capacity. So. So this is a, a conversation, in a way, in my mind, about what is it will, that will, will allow us to receive that which we, that capacity that we have? What will allow us to say, to withdraw our, our f obsession with stuff, with, with our view that we are somehow unworthy or don't deserve it and really take in, really take in how beautiful, how amazing you actually are. How wondrous, how mysterious, how much heart there is in each person. In, in you and really feel that not just not just project that on on gurus or 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 stars or whatever but actually recognize it as yourself what's it going to take well I, it's not some kind of magic. I think you just have to put your mind in the same location as the living present. You just have to become aware of the fact that you're aware. And then you have to stay that way. And then you have to feel, at least for me, when, as soon as I feel my attention aligning with the 
with the immediate present, I also start to feel that seems to have a corollary to the kind of quivering in the heart. It's a kind of, whoo! I don't know, does that make sense? It's a kind of quivering and, and uh, all of a sudden I, I feel more sensitive, maybe even a little more vulnerable. But it, it's exciting. And I don't want to be anywhere else. And I know right here, when I'm really right here, I have everything. Nothing is missing. Nothing's in excess either. But as soon as my mind says, oh, I don't deserve to be. I didn't do enough. I didn't become enough. I haven't worked hard enough. I haven't meditated enough even. Then my mind goes into its chronic postponement of recognizing what is always already alive and present. Inexhaustibly present. You know, sometimes I go into a little, um, um, sometimes I slip from Buddha Dharma language into, into other traditions and I'm, I'm hearing Ramakrishna go through my mind right now. He says, he says, oh longing mind, dwell within the depths of your own true nature. Do not seek your home elsewhere. Do not confine your innate infinity within the mansions of finitude or name and form. Your naked awareness alone, O oh mind, is the inexhaustible abundance for which you long so desperately. I think it fits well with Buddha Dharma. That your awareness. You're this aware present. If I ask all of you to stop being aware, you just automatically know it's the most innate element of your nature. It's uncaused. Of course, just like the sun, it sometimes becomes occluded by clouds. Just like the, and our mind becomes occluded by mental fixation and elaboration and we spin out into imaginary worlds. Mostly with ourselves as the star of the profound drama. But right in the middle of it all, where we have this, um, sometimes it's called awakened awareness, the unconditioned Buddha nature, there's so many names, forget the names, just be aware. Sati, sati is the word for mindfulness, which is usually th something that everybody's busy doing. I'm being mindful or I'm doing mindfulness. But really sati is, is if you look at it the way it's written in the sutras, a lot of it is it's a state of being lucidly aware. So if it's a state of being lucidly aware, you, you don't necessarily have to do it. It's natural. Now there's a little paradox here because only those who actually do a little, in, who intend to be aware, intend to be aware of what, of being aware, tend to recognize it. So there's a little bit of doing involved. There's a little bit of volition involved. But really, 
once you're in the general vicinity, you see that you're so, you can't stop being aware. Stop it. Just feel what that's like. Just feel yourself come alive. Same person I was talking to this afternoon was talking about when they're really fully aware, really fully present, not being somebody fully present, not busy being a meditator being fully present, but just being present. They've, when they're lifting weights, all of a sudden they can lift much more weight, much stronger. It's because we're just plugging into that inexhaustible nature. We enter into the flow of life. Not somebody who's flowing with life, but we realize that we are that flow of life. We are life. We are nature. We are Dharma. Dharma is not something, a compartment of life. Dharma is nature, truth, the way things are. You are the way things are. But sometimes our mental world is distorted from past karma, past the past effects of everything we've learned. And mostly we've all learned from the day we were born to keep shopping as our source of happiness. The greedier the better keeps the consumer machine going. So we're, we easily, our conditioning tells us that we can't find that right here. We have to find it after we've finished our purchase. Because we, and we get that little bit of evidence, get that little, that little thrill, of the thrill of the purchase. And there's a moment of cessation. Ah, I feel great. And then we, we forget that after that little wave, and there's, oh, I think I talked about that last week. And then our mind then doesn't like that feeling of uh, and so it, then it fills, fills up with another desire. And on we go, over and over, the wheel of samsara. So it takes a little bit of willingness to, that's why we practice renunciation, because we know that wheel of endlessly searching. So we agree inwardly to stop and, and wake up, and wake up in every, every way, in every world. Wake up on the bus, wake up on the street when we're walking, wake up in the kitchen, wake up in the bathroom, wake up tonight. And so we break down the barrier that it has to be saved for Tuesday night or the next retreat. We don't postpone for one minute. This is the Dharma of non-postponement. Continue, continuity of mindful attention. Sati, being in a state of lucid awareness all the time, as much as you can remember. And I have a, I have a lot of confidence if you keep doing that, uh, as Ajahn Chah says, you'll have a lot of, you'll have a little peace, and you do it a lot, you'll have a lot of peace. But you'll also, your mind will relax and open 
and you will realize for yourself just as you may be getting a glimpse right now that your mind is as vast as the sky without limits and that your caring that flows from that, your quivering heart is as refined, can be as refined as barley flour. Just really caring. Don't want to cause any harm. We don't even want to cause ourselves or anyone harm talking about political candidates. Because I think we can cause, we can really get involved in the harm causing. And that disturbs, that creates disturbance and we become part of the disturbance. Everybody's mad. So I, I'll, end, I'll leave you with, um, I keep reading the same things over and over because they, I think it's what's needed right now. One is the, the Metta Sutta, Buddha's words on keeping the heart open and cultivating an open heart, open mind, all the same, citta, consciousness wide open. This is what should be done by those who are skilled in goodness and who know the path of peace. Let them be able and upright. Let them straightforward and gentle in speech. Humble and not conceited. Contented and easily satisfied. Unburdened with duties. And frugal in their ways. Peaceful and calm and wise and skillful, not proud and demanding in nature. Let them not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove, wishing in gladness and in safety. May all beings be at ease. Whatever living beings there may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, the great or the mighty, medium, short or small, the seen and the unseen, those living near and far away, those born and to be born, may all beings be at ease. Let none deceive another or despise any being in any state. Let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another. Even as a mother protects with her life, her child, her only child, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings, radiating kindness over the entire world, spreading upward to the skies, downward to the depths, outward and unbounded, freed from hatred and ill will. Whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, Free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection. This is said to be the sublime abiding. By not holding to fixed views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, being freed from the dependency on sense desires, is not born again into the cycles of suffering.
you open to chanting a little version of this? Now this, this takes us back into a, the lineage of the, of the Buddha. For, for those who are open to this, and this is a, this is, we'll, we'll chant in the Pali language essentially what the Metta Sutta says, but I'll just give you the English real quickly. Then we'll do this call and response. And I, I like to do this especially because it, I feel as though connected, it's a little bit mystical, but connecting with the thousands of, of years of practice and beings who, who shared this caring for this ever-present wakefulness and the heartfulness that flows from that. So this particular chant essentially says, by this practice in accord, according to the, the true Dharma, the teachings, I honor, my, I honor the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, my mother and my father, my teachers. And then it continues somewhat like the Metta Sutta, may all living beings May all beings, all creatures, all individuals, all personalities, females, males, nobles, those who are not nobles, celestial beings, humans, those in unhappy states, may they be free from enmity, free from mental suffering, free from physical suffering. May they take care of themselves happily. May they be free from suffering. May they enjoy safety and abundance. May they have their karma, their, their actions as their true property. May all beings be happy. Okay, ready? In Pali, call and response. Imaya Dhammanu, Imaya Dhammanu, Dhamma Patipatiya, Dhamma Patipatiya, Buddham Pujami. Buddham Pujami, Imaya Dhammanu, Imaya Dhammanu, Dhamma Patipatiya, Dhamma Patipatiya, Dhammam Pujami, Dhammam Pujami, Imaya Dhammanu, Dhamma Patipatiya, Sangam Pujami. Don't be bashful. Imaya Damanu. Dhamma Patipatiya. Mata Pitunam. Pujami. Imaya Damanu. Dhamma Patipatiya Acharyanam Pujami Acharyanam Pujami Sabe Sata Sabe Pana Sabe Bhuta Sabe Pugala Sabe Atabawa Pariyapana Sabaitiyo 
Sabe Purisa Sabe Arya Sabe Anarya Sabe Dehiwa Sabe Manusa Sabe Winipatika Ah, where a home to? Where a home? Apia paja home to? Apia paja home to? Aniga home to? Sukiatanam Pariharan to? Dukamuchantu Yada Lada Sampatito Mahuigachantu Kamasaka Sabe Sata Suki Hontu Together Sadhu three times Sadhu 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 That means well spoken, well done, well done, excellent, excellent. Thank you so much for your chanting, your practice. And as we always do, even though we may feel that deep sense of interbeing, connection with all beings, and maybe the, the blessings that our practice offers are, is implicit, it still gives, it enhances the benefits if we consciously consider that if there has been any goodness, any blessing, any merit, any benefit from our coming together, that we offer it freely to all beings without exception and share the blessings and the benefits of our practice with a deep, profound, heartfelt wish that all beings can have happiness and peace in their lives and know the causes of happiness and peace, which is virtue and training our attention and wise understanding. A deep wish that all beings can be free of suffering and the causes of suffering, which is non-virtue, ignorance, greed, hatred, and a deep wish that all beings can recognize the innate liberation of the mind, the sacred happiness that is without sorrow, here and now, and not overlook this, and never be apart from it. And a deep wish that all beings can grow moment by moment in serenity and equanimity, being able to have that stability to meet the joys and the sorrows without being bound up in reactivity. 
and deep wish again that our practice today and every day be dedicated to the welfare and benefit of all. May all beings be liberated, know their natural state. May all beings be free. Okay, I think you're ready to go watch the results on TV. <laughs> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.